You are not bad, wrong, or broken if the holiday season does not fill you with joy or bliss or even anticipation. The holiday season, kind of quote unquote, is supposed to be, in theory at least, about gratitude, connection, community, a focus on what truly matters. But instead, it's often full of stress, financial pressure, extra busyness, excess of many kinds, and a whole lot of performing, people-pleasing, and perfectionism. Somehow there's this pressure to make our lives live up to a fairy tale version of commercial holiday bliss. Or it can feel like no matter what's happening in your world or the world at large, that you have to put on a show, you know, um, depression, stress, anxiety, or worsening of symptoms tends to increase over the holiday season. So I would like to talk over the next two weeks about the holidays, about joy over the holidays. And um, today specifically about less or ditching the performing people pleasing and perfectionism around the holidays and next week about joy and grief over the holidays so welcome i'm krista founder of a life in progress.ca i offer my work as a writer grief and trauma informed mind body coach always in progress and joyful living educator my work centers on the needs and experiences of midlife women. My work is for freedom seekers, truth tellers, and stubborn questioners, highly sensitive souls, slow movers, and non-hustlers, the anxious, grieving, weary, and healing, reforming people pleasers, perfectionists, performers, and peacekeepers, and brave, messy, curious humans ready to quiet the conditioning and noise to reclaim freedom, wholeness, and joy. Glad you're here. So the holiday season can mean a lot of things to a lot of people, right? Um, And I'm not, really this conversation isn't about whether or not you celebrate Christmas or another holiday or you avoid all of them, whatever. Um, but it's around some common humanity, some common experiences that arise for maybe not every human, but most people I know have needed to navigate at one time or another what I'm going to talk about today or or what I already touched on, just which is basically that their stress, depression, anxiety, or worsening of symptoms tends to increase, um, I believe, November and December. And and that there can be a pressure for midlife women to engage in a lot of performing people-pleasing and perfectionism around the holidays for different reasons. Mostly today, I want to offer up some questions for you to consider if you're interested. Things that questions or ideas to ponder that will hopefully help you move into the 
noise of the next couple months um, and beyond. So move through that, move into it with intention, um, with clarity about who you are, what you need, and with the courage to let go of all the stuff that does not serve you. So again, today I want to focus around um, making space for joy in this particular season of the year. So wrapping up the year and then just stepping into the new year. Um, and and then next week, I want to just continue chatting about the holidays, but focusing on joy and pain, the relationship between joy and pain, holding both the paradox of that and, um, and, and maybe offer up some ideas around what if you're navigating grief or trauma in this season and I'm not coming as a therapist. I am not a therapist. I do not consider myself an expert on these subjects. Um, only an educator, a curious human, you know, somebody who does my own work, a lot of reading, a lot of research, a lot of studying or um, reading other people's research that is, and extrapolating for the benefit of my clients and community. So, you know, I have a lot of fond memories of a very simple holiday growing up that we had a huge family um and i mean my siblings there were a lot of us and one income and my parents did do a great job of always helping us feel loved even though we didn't have a lot of stuff um i'm not a huge celebration person i don't have a lot of ease around big celebrations in particular ones that demand a lot of jumping through hoops um things that feel just useless to me, like spending money on useless stuff. Um, and, and so most, and most of my community are people who are seeking a simpler and more soul honoring way of being in our bodies and lives. And that can look myriad ways throughout life and during the holidays, of course. So this isn't about encouraging your home and life to or celebrations to look any particular way um except you know what I do aim to do always is to help you live a life that feels on purpose to feel at home in your own body and life so I'm just going to dive right in um actually I forgot I wanted to share a couple quotes that I did share several episodes ago but given that we're talking about birthing joy as a general kind of overarching theme, I wanted to circle back to two, um, if not definitions, like precise definitions of joy, then um, what would I call it? I guess just offering ideas about what joy is, what we're talking about. So in the book Inciting Joy, Roske writes, what if joy is not only entangled with pain, suffering, and sorrow, 
but is also what emerges from how we care for each other through those things. And um, just looking here for the other one. Philip Watkins, psychologist who studies joy, gratitude, and happiness, writes, joy is a distinct positive emotion for when we feel connected or reunited with something or someone that's really important to us. Um, I will talk about this more in the months to come, and I've touched on it previously, that joy tends to be amplified when we share it. And there is a component of joy that seems to be tangled up with community and sharing that with others or being with others. Um, and I mean, in a way that feeds into sort of that Hallmark movie idea of, you know, huge families lovingly gathered around uh, you know, sparkling Christmas tree, you know, gifting each other presents or whatever the traditions are. And the reality is a lot of people don't have a fairy tale family. They don't have people in their lives or they're navigating loss. They're navigating heartache. They're navigating limited finances or the reality of how do we celebrate in the midst of incredible pain and suffering in the world. So again, that's sort of more about um, a conversation for next week. But, um, you know, as, as I've been sitting with this and chatting with the women in my community, my be brave and beautiful community, and I'm just thinking about how I wanted to engage with this topic um, on my podcast this year, I I do want to say that one of the reasons why I focus on helping women fill themselves up, and I do not just mean, you know, self-care practices. I mean, what are the, you know, what does science say helps us remain resilient? Um, and thrive, mind, body, thrive um, through and beyond trauma and grief, um, through the messiness of life, what helps us live anchored and experience well-being and life satisfaction and, you know, all these different threads. But the reason is that not because I think we only need to be centered on self, but because when we are resourced and filled up, we overflow. I believe that we are always, you know, pouring out or leaking out something and consciously or not. And even more when there is pain in our lives, we do others a service when we fill ourselves up with what we need to, you know, to be resilient, to feel rooted, to feel um, safe enough in our bodies and lives, because otherwise, what do we have to give? We become reactive, not responsive. We 
we act from a place, a, a, an inner sense of unsafety or defendedness. Because we project because, you know, we project maybe those unhealed or rejected parts of ourselves. So it doesn't mean we never engage in the world until we are completely healed, if that's a thing. But it means that we recognize the responsibility of doing our own brave healing work and or growth work, you know, because we are overflowing into our homes, into our communities. Um, okay, so here are some questions that we can consider as we move into the holidays. And, um, you know, with a, perhaps a desire for if, you know, joy in some cases, and if joy just feels out of reach, you know, insert whatever feeling or um, emotion or, you know, adjective reflects the truth of kind of where you are in, and in your season of life. So one of the things that I ask myself is, how do I want to feel in my body and my life? And so we could narrow it down a little bit more right here. How do I want to feel my body and life over the holidays or as I wrap up this year? How, If you have a family or maybe friends who gather with you, how do I want my favorite people to feel? So you might, you know, again, say you have children in your home. How do you want them to feel in the home um, or in relationship with you over the holidays? Now, that's, you know, you don't control them, right? So it's not about you manufacturing anything for them, but it's about being honest about that core desire so that that can lead the choices that you make. So for instance, perhaps you really just want them to feel, you know, safe, relaxed, and loved. And that recognition might allow you to loosen your grip on your long to-do list. Because many of those things might be about performing or jumping through hoops or, you know, following through on traditions that really don't light you up or hold no real meaning for you and your family. But you feel guilty about letting them go or you feel like, you know, okay, whatever, wherever the noise is coming from. So recognize, recognizing how you want to feel in your body and life, how you want your favorite people to feel um, can be a beautiful motivation um, that can help lead your choices and behavior. Um, these next five-ish questions kind of are grouped together. So thinking about the forms of celebration, the traditions or customs that cause more stress in your life, you could ask, where does this tradition come from? Is it values aligned? Who does it serve? Why does it matter? Is it life-giving or soul-honoring? Do I have the honest capacity for this in this season? 
What a simple but profound question I find in my work. You know, when we arrive at this stage of life, um, that, you know, at the midlife crossroad, and then we enter into this midlife-ish season, where we start to ask more questions about, you know, why am I doing this? Who is it serving? And also give ourselves permission to not run ourselves dry or right into burnout. Something might even be the most beautiful tradition that holds a lot of meaning. And it can also be true that you do not have the capacity for it in this season. And that's fair. I'm going to move on. Another question, what boundaries will help me feel safe, loved, and healthy over the next months or over the holiday season or as I wrap up the year? So you may, for instance, want to think about the boundaries that would serve you and help you feel safe, loved, and healthy around certain people, activities, food and alcohol, other lifestyle habits, your spending. Another question, um, or it's more of a statement or something to consider, is do some truth telling, you know, where you grapple a little bit with the ideal that you hold, wherever it came from, versus the current reality of your life and and just tell the truth about you know um are you grieving for instance are you in a through going through a messy divorce you know are you just exhausted um do you have loved ones navigating war for instance or a major health crisis, or, you know, whatever, just that truth telling that can help us pause a moment and name for ourselves what's going on so that we can bring compassion to our experience and choose a kinder way forward. Could you make space for what you truly need? Are there new traditions that would serve you better? or perhaps simply a revised um, iteration of an old, you know, well-loved tradition. Um, I Earlier I had asked, you know, is it life-giving or soul-honoring? And so that's where this is not about all or nothing. Like, you know, I recently did an episode on all or something thinking. And this is an example of how we might practice. So some people get really offended when you talk about not following traditions that don't serve you. Um, I'm not somebody who follows traditions if they do not hold meaning for me I do not care that does not make sense to my brain <laughs> like why would I do that um, but other people are wired differently or they you know they have their own stories and um, and reasons 
but it isn't an all or nothing. So if you're ne ne negotiating some of these things with other people that you choose to be in relationship with and you choose to spend time with over the holiday season, you know, you might practice that all or something thinking. So could you cut the workload in half? Could you simplify it? Could you... um I don't know, shift your expectations perhaps around a tradition. Um, and I think that merits a little bit more conversation. So a lot of stress, I think, comes from unmet expectations. Um, that can include sort of this even unspoken, you know, deep, longing or belief that the holiday should look and feel a particular way reinforced by oftentimes media. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting or longing for wishing things were a certain way. But if that wishing and longing for keeps us from truth telling about reality, it tends to harm us. So being real about our expectations, the pressures we put on ourselves, the pressures we might put on others, including children, where we think they should feel deep gratitude for everything we do, or um, I don't know, just whatever, or perhaps, you know, we want them to feel the childhood bliss that we didn't experience say so there's this expectation on them you know we need them to behave a certain way for us to feel good loved worthy whatever like naming that calling it what it is gently always with compassion and then asking ourselves, you know, what are the parts here that are mine? What do I even control and release other people from your expectations? Release yourself from unrealistic expectations around, say, you know, making everybody else super joyful. Um, this is going to be a shortish episode but one other thing I want to um, mention, first of all, I don't think more is better. Often in life, I find, including over the holidays, less with more intention can be a beautiful thing. So if more means being harried and grumpy and depleted and resentful, who is it serving? You know, it's not serving you. It's probably not serving anybody else, really. Um, but you could be somebody who revels in this type of thing, you know, um, crafting and baking and buying and whatever, the, the hoopla and all of that. You might love every second of it. So go for it, uh, you know, but also have the conversations if there are important relationships there who are in the mix, make sure that they also have a voice would be one thought, you know, like what matters to them. So if you are a super extrovert, you love all the things, and then you've got this introverted child, they're not wrong for needing space for just wanting pajama days with a good book. Um, 
there's research that tells us that anticipation increases joy and happiness. So reflecting upon previous happy experiences really, you know, lights up those parts of the brain again as well. But often the anticipation is actually more significant in terms of impact around happiness than um, than the event itself. Now, I'm sort of throwing out joy and happiness here, even though I do not believe they are, you know, the same, but, you know, I, I'm not opposed to having both in my life. So one of the ways I experience this, and I, and, you know, I just want to at least offer this up for consideration, that I find the holidays can feel more meaningful is to reduce the pressure on this one day if you're say a Christmas person. I don't know a lot about all the holidays. You know, some of them I think there's like um a lead up, you know, or Christmas, I guess, like Christians often celebrate Advent, a lead up that holds special meaning. Um, but you know, whether or not you celebrate any particular tradition, I I do find that it's helpful to spread things out and just have a season of, you know, some like joy snacks kind of sprinkled in, some moments of delight kind of sprinkled in. So with little people that could be, you know, an advent calendar, um, it could be, you know, one of the things that I liked to do when my kids were younger is, I mean, I still ask them, like, what what favorite dessert or something like that do you most want over the holidays? But um, whereas my mom and her mom and her sister used to do mountains of baking, um, honestly, it, it felt like, I think it was excessive baking um, all at once. But maybe that brought them joy. I honestly don't know. Um, I would just like once a week make a special treat and kind of spread the the love out, you know, um, or sprinkle in fun little experiences that are meaningful to the season we're in, whether that's the, a, hol- a particular holiday or wrapping up the year or just, you know, the um, season outside, like, you know, winter, so sledding or walks like I love over the holidays, um, if snow is falling and the street lamps are lit, so it's kind of like darker outside, but the big snowflakes, like you see every one of them coming down under the street lamps. And it's like, there's this hush outside with the newly fallen snow and go crunching out there. Like, it's just like, I love it so much. So just, you know, things like that, like these simple pleasures that pertain to the season at hand and really just soaking them up. It doesn't have to be flashy or, um, or cost anything. So anticipation, just kind of enjoy you harnessing, I guess, that gift of anticipation and spreading out the love and the joy. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to wrap up here. So I have been enjoying writing out for myself, uh, seasonal, like just for this year, like what, what sparks joy? What would I like to spend time on? What do I most want or need? You know, what little traditions or, 
um, activities or something like that actually feel like they would feel fun this year or help me feel the way I identified earlier on when I asked myself, I haven't shared with you how I want to feel. I'm going to keep that to myself, but um, you know, we can link those, right? So anything we put on our list helps us feel that way. So I've been crafting my own little list. Um, you know, I do visioning work at Yule around the um, the solstice towards the end of the year and into the new year. So I t- usually take a couple weeks off and um, hopefully have some rest time, some connection, and then also some visioning time. Um, my family and I, we play board games and cards at the holidays. We do not play game. Mom, actually one of my daughters does with her friends, but my husband and I don't um, play games throughout the year, but um, it's something that I <laughs> would happen in my family of origin. The board games come out, the cards come out. And, um, and I do look forward to that. Anyways, I've got, you know, on my list, there's things, you know, uh, like those walks in the snow I already mentioned, cheesy holiday movies um, are, especially if there's at least some newer ones, like I I love some of the older, you know, Elf, but also, um, you know, you know, two or three like of those Hallmark type movies, uh, well, my daughters and I will sit down and watch those together. Um, you know, special treats, whatever. Yeah. For me, living in a northern climate with harsh winters, I I like I like kind of leaning into the outer season as well and those special, joyful little things because it helps get through the the many months of off, you know, cold and dark. Um, yeah. Okay, so that's what I've been enjoying this week. And a form of imperfect action, my invitation to you would really be to do the same thing, to bring dump a list of the things you truly love or enjoy at the holidays, and maybe even just circle five and make space for that on your calendar. And, you know, consider if you could let go of some of the rest that just feels like noise if there are other people involved in your celebrations, then you could invite them to join you or make a list of their own. When you really wish that somebody else would join you in an activity, you could invite them. They might say no, right? But you could decide it's meaningful for you. You want to make that happen and invite other people into it. Um, But otherwise, I also think it's important that we don't wait for other people to fill us up. So, you know, craft your list, make space for it, make sure you take good care of you. Some of my clients and community members live alone, and they are practicing this. And then, you know, also consider if it would be helpful for you to think about how you could sprinkle more joy throughout the season or even the next couple months, instead of sort of doing all of this work um, for this one day and then experiencing almost a a sense of letdown at the end or kind of crashing. I have an invitation for you. 
So I'm running again, my simplify and recalibrate challenge to help you end your year on purpose. I'm running a little bit later this year. It will run December 4th through 8th. And you can watch for free. It's free. So, but you can watch for the registration. It opens up on Monday, um, this coming Monday, as this airs. Um, and I, you know, it's five days where you will receive a simple email, one thought to consider, one fairly short video that um, supports one exercise. And the videos will never go more than 20 minutes. And um, mostly less than 15 minutes. So one a day, everything is contained linked to in that one email. So I'm trying to keep it as simple as possible. I don't think you need more complication. Um, but the it's there as a free offering to just further support you in, as I mentioned, ending your year on purpose. And, um, and just feeling a little bit more freedom and lightness in your body and life. Until next time, make peace with messiness to make space for joy.